Mage Talk is brought to you by Mojo Stratus. Stratus is true cloud auto-scaling technology for Magento. Built by industry leaders and cloud architects, Stratus is a revolution in cloud hosting. Magento 2? No problem. Holidays? Flash sales? No problem. 100% uptime or your money back. Give Stratus a try today, risk-free, and tell them Mage Talk sent you. Check them out today at magemojo.com. That's M-A-G-E-M-O-J-O.com. Mage Talk is brought to you by Vertex, the leader of tax technology solutions and services for corporations worldwide. They're a Magento premier partner trusted by over half of the Fortune 500. Vertex Cloud meets the sales and use tax needs for businesses of all sizes. Visit them online today at vertexsmb.com. This podcast is brought to you by Commerce Hero. Better way to find a Magento developer for your next project or full-time hire. This show, Mitch Talk Live. <laughs> That's what I call it. I titled it, Yep, We're Still Doing This Show. Nice. Still happening. I hate the way these glasses look. Be the B. But they be look the, so good. They look so good on you. Do they? Maybe I <laughs> yeah, just... It's happening. To, maybe I just... It's happening. That shit, that... Yeah. So good. A, a, this vibe. I will say, like, your posture has improved dramatically. Oh, you like it better than when I, when I roll? Oh, like I this? hate that. That's terrible. <laughs> that's, that's awful. You know what I mean? When you do that, that makes me kind of sick. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever watch PewDiePie? Speak, yeah, no, I don't. Uh, he's the worst. We've talked about this. Okay. I don't support anti-Semitic YouTubers oh, just All as right. a, as a rule. All right. Okay. All right. Well, Let's get into China because I, I feel like <laughs> what has happened to the show? <laughs> just um, what were we just talking about? This Happy episode New Year, everybody. is titled. Oh, we're glasses. Yes, we're talking about glasses. We're still doing mage talk. That's right. That's right. I actually literally responded to a DM this morning from a concerned citizen that asked, "Did we pod fade?" Yeah, yeah. And so, well, part ways. of the problem is I, you know. Yeah, there's there there are logistical challenges now that I have, have happened. Now I have to really work on my posture because you, you do. You have to now. You have to like standing desk, my friend. Standing <laughs> desk is what solves all posture problems. <laughs> I'm good. Telling you, I'm good. Keep going. It's I'm that's the way. <laughs> totally yeah. Sorry, there's a fine sorry. line between good posture and I had seven vertebrae used <laughs> after my car accident. Right. Exactly. That's what this is. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Do you like this side by side view, or do you what? What's better for you as like a choppy uh, content guy? <laughs> when you when you're the guy that chops up content and Gary VFIs it, what it, what's the content, best? As a as an expert content chopper. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I I'm not seeing what the actual output is going to look. like. Oh, it's side by side. It's exactly side as side. you see. It's. But it's not speaker view. It's it's gallery view. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what I I'm see just saying that. words. <laughs> they may or may not make any sense. I'm just saying words. What I'm seeing is there's a clip. There's a thumbnail side by side on top, and then there's the main. main oh, that's one. not what it is. That's not what it is. <laughs> um, that's here. What I'm trying to tell. I'm going to chat you. I'm going to chat it to you. Here's the link to the. Uh, Here's the link. Okay. Click right. that link. And that's the... By the way, that's Zoom what it looks like. chat links 
I know. Possibly. They're, they're the worst. The worst. Okay. They're the worst. I know they're the worst. Well, I see it. I mean, it's it's passable. It would be nice if it was cropped, it was cropped up, you know, if there wasn't so much black space. Um, okay, we can fix it. We can just click this button right here and boom. You can crop that up. Holy cow. Yeah, watch that. You're going to like Holy this. Holy moly. You're going to like it. Watch it. There it is. Mm. Okay, now yeah. let me re-click and let me wait seven seconds. Re-click. For- you got to re-click. Oh, now you it's... Re-click. Now it's flippity flopping back. You like that oh, flippity hey. flops? It's flippity flipping. Um, I just opened up the channel and I saw the chats. Yeah. Willem, shout out to Willem. Willem. And, uh, I believe there was there was Matthew as well. I gotta get. Yeah. Oh, and Max Pronko. Hey. All right. What's the over under on Max Pronko making Magento Master this year? What do you think? Ooh. Um, I've never quite understood what over under means. <laughs> I think the odds. (laughs) All right. There's the show title. I'm I'm calling it now. I think the odds. Do we publish a show still? Does that happen? That's well. Do we make? Let me, let me, let me clarify. I, as a creator, I create a show. I bring my A game to the audio and the video every time. Now, whether the podcast see the light of day. I don't know why I'm doing this for so long, but I'm just keep going because I feel like thumbnails. This is good. <laughs> this like is this so is, good. I feel like it's like a good thumbnail opportunity. It's a good thumbnail. But that's what we're looking we have for. not actually technically published in the sense of publishing to yeah. the World Wide Web. Yeah. In this, yeah. <laughs> a little In while. this decade. We haven't published not once I, in this decade. I've been asked no less than like seven times about the... Uh, the interview with uh, Fabian I, and, and uh, my boy. We have we have a logistical problem right now that can't be that can't be talked about I'm on the show. Trying hard not to throw people under the bus, which is which is admirable. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, I kind of do like these glasses from this angle. Tell you what, post in the comments how you're feeling about the glass situation, and um, I I really I really want to know. <laughs> Did we start the show yet? We're we are live. We are live. Okay. I think the over under on Pronko getting the masters, that's a good question. He's been doing a lot of training. Here's the thing. The only way to get a masters is organizing a meetup. Period. Full stop. <laughs> End of story. So is my question it? is Is that the is that the, he- yes. is that the hack? That's yes. the Yes. That's the hack. You should know this by now. Chief Commerce Officer Philip Jackson. You should know this by oh now. Oh my gosh. I hate this guy so much. This is why we don't do a show anymore. I've remembered now. It took a couple months for me to remember, but I remember now. Chief Commerce Officer, you should know this. Um, Killing yeah, so, me, Smalls. Max, if you, if you fire up the Dublin Magento meetup, I think it's a lock. It's a lock. Yeah. That is until problem- like they phase out Masters in 21. You know, then it becomes Adobe's masters. Uh, and it'll be like, you must achieve proficiency in seven or more Adobe products to qualify for masters in 21. I'm, I'm, all of that is... That's all possible. Not true. That's it's not, not true, true. But it's possible. It's possible. It's all high Anything high. is possible, Kalen. It's potentially correlated to <laughs> reality. Uh, the, the deadline, just as an aside... Deadline for submission for for Adobe Excellence Awards, I want to call it. Is it Adobe X? Yeah, Adobe Experience Awards 
the deadline is the 31st of January, which is uh, something I'm thinking a lot about uh, in my something digital role to you know think about who would we put forward and all the work that we've done this year. Nice. Um, <clears throat> you know, we've done some work that uh, has received a little bit of public praise uh, with some of the work we've done with Rite Aid and their digital transformation that's taking place at the moment. And uh, so, yeah, we're, we're thinking about like, where would we, where would we submit? What would we do? And, and then you, you come across certain categories, award categories, like the magnifier. Okay. Uh, the magnifier recognizes the company that has harnessed... Oh, I love that word. Harnessed the power of multiple Adobe con- customer experience management solutions to maximize delivery of exceptional customer experiences and drive measurable business impact. Nice. Uh, which means, you know, you got you to gotta do a lot of Adobe stuff. Is there an Airtable category in there, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> um, Dude, no, the consumer I'm... that has used Integromat the most. <laughs> no, I'm curious. Um, I don't know if you can talk at all about... I, like, I'm, I'm actually... I always want to learn more about the Adobe use cases and things like that and not being, as, being new to the Adobe side of the house. Um, can you talk at all about some of the stuff that... Rite Aid in particular, or other clients of yours have have leveraged. Uh, I can't harness. talk specifically about Rite Aid, but if you one share were financials, to talk about, uh, yeah. what, listen what? to their public earnings calls, uh, you'll get uh, an idea of some of the growth of their digital channel. Any inside stock tips? Anything? I mean, are can't we getting give you anything? that. Motleyfull.com. I, I can't help you. Okay. I All would right. say what you should do is uh, check out their built with. Or like, what is it? Um, what's the the hip one all the kids are using now? It's not built with. It's called Site uh, Similar Tech. Have you heard of Similar Tech? Yeah. Wait, Similar Similar Web? Similar Tech. Similar Web? <laughs> similar <laughs> Tech. <laughs> uh, anyway, Similar Tech. It's a browser. It's a browser plugin. That's not what I meant to say. It's a browser plugin. That sounded vaguely racist, by the way. Uh, it's only racist if you make it racist, Caleb. Just, just, That's messed up. I, I, uh, I if you have yeah. similar tech in your Chrome browser, you may be able to tell everything that's on a certain thing. Uh, let me tell you the high points of what the Adobe Experience Suite might be able to do for you. Okay? Okay. Uh, let's, let's talk about like a full ecosystem of stuff that you might want to do. If you're a very mature e-commerce business... And you want to change the experience of the homepage, for instance, for returning customers, or maybe for customers who have purchased from you more than one time, or they repeat purchase a certain type of product from a certain category. Right. And maybe you want to alter the, you know, the information architecture, like the categorization to prioritize the things that they come looking for the most, um, or to suggest items that they're, you know, they don't typically see. These are all things that can be done with and you know a multitude of adobe products so right. you can do that with adobe analytics audience manager and target so if you put those three things together audience manager would say he here are customers who all look alike in some way and would you like to segment them into like one bucket that you can drive certain engagements to right and and audience manager is just the definition of that tool to say like these are the segments of your customers if I wanted to use Adobe Campaign to send email to them, or maybe theoretically one day Marketo to target, target you know, I'm a B two B company and I want to target like 
you know, uh, uh, email follow-up chains or, or, uh, or, you know, prospecting to those customers who come on my website and give me their email address, but some late, sometime later abandon. These are all things you can do with Audience Manager triggering other parts of the platform. Um, target is the thing that would change on-site experience, has a drag and drop thing that allows you to change, like to view the website as one of those customer channels, like right. segments, and then change right. the, the, the look and feel of the site. And then analytics would, you know, glue all that together with giving you the, like the details of whether that's working for you or not. It's pretty okay. powerful stuff. Um, if you were a very mature digital business, you might see all the benefit in those things. I'm yeah. actively watching the number of people who are watching us and it's going down. So let's change subjects back to your posture. Yeah, um, let's get, let's talk more about that. I saw you slouch a little bit too. Like I could see you were losing a little steam there. No, no, no. I got to... The thing is, is that I have to lean in. I'm leaning in. I'm leaning into the conversations, which is, is what I'm doing uh, to, 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 to fully engage. The thing is, is, you can only stand like this for so long. So you got to kind, of, <laughs> kind of get comfortable. You got to lean in. Um, I do yeah. need to get a standing setup at some point. But Adobe, Adobe Summit, it's coming up. You're not going. That's I'm what we, going. I'm going. I'm definitely going to go. <laughs> Uh, that was decisive. Uh, I'm <laughs> I'm a little on the fence, but I sh- really should go. And I know I'm going to get up, be given a hard time if I don't. And I do want to go. You, are you allowed to miss two two Magento? I don't imagine you in a row? are. I believe there's some pretty clear regs on that that you get swiftly booted from uh, from the inner circles uh, for missing two in a row. So I probably should not miss two in a row. But uh, amazing. I don't know, man. I don't know. I just, I don't know, man. I'm not doing the conference thing so much lately. I love it. I love that about you. Ah, yeah. Well, what are you going to do? Well, what the heck are you going to do? Is what I want to know. Well, we have um, a doc. We do have a doc. Let's and we pop have a open that doc. There. Let's pop over. Let's pop in. It's 2020. Can um, you believe that? My holy gosh. cow, man. 2020. You know, I had this funny realization like, you know, like there's no flying cars, right? Like everybody thought we'd have flying cars uh, by 2020. But uh, the Boring Company is pretty much the exact inverse of flying cars. Yeah, it's right? it's it's drilling t- trains. Yeah. It's, no, it's but it's cars moving. Tunneling in 3D, trains. Right. But they're moving in 3D space. It's just the, it's the exact inverse, which is actually kind of cool. <laughs> Not that's very nifty. cool, right? That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty nifty. Um, well, but, uh, our first episode was recorded on September 26, 2014. Wow. So we're, we're in our fifth year of doing this show and we're heading toward our sixth. And that's, uh, that should scare everybody, right? It really should. Really, really, really should. Mage Talk Weight Loss Challenge is still in effect. Actually, um, I wanted to give some shout outs. Yeah, man. Um, We have been getting some some, uh, trickling in tweets on this uh, over the past few months. Mitchell Cowie. um, Yes. This was December 14th. This morning, I weighed in at 180 pounds. It's been at least five years since I saw that number. Proud I was able to commit to this and see it through. Um, So that was really cool to see. Congrats to Mitchell. Um, uh, there, oh, Fuman also. Kristoff um, had posted. 
In the spirit of all the specials announced this week, happy to report that Kristoff is now 10% off. BMI less than <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, thanks to HLOWR for inspiration. Uh, so that was cool too. So just really cool to see these trickling. Also, Gareth uh, James. Uh, yeah. LEU, I'm down 10 pounds. Thanks to being more active. Oh, now on week three of Couch to 5K. So he's doing that. that that's what you did, right? The Couch to 5K? I sure did. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. So um, also Jacob Winkler uh, tweeted, count me in. Um, yeah. So that's been really cool to see. Um, and I'll, of course, Rebecca as well has lost a bunch of weight and uh, is uh, chugging along. Um, is, it, is it weird to say she, she looks really good? I was going to say that. And then I was like, I shouldn't say that because it'd be weird to say. I was going to be like, I feel like she lost a bunch of weight. She looked really good. I was like, don't say that. That's weird to say that. You can't can't say that. I think we're allowed to meta talk about that, that that's weird. I think so. I I don't think you're allowed to say it, but you can talk about how it would be weird to say it. Yeah. No, no, no. You found the perfect loophole for it, which is good. I yeah. appreciate that. I, and in no way is anyone trying to uh, say she didn't look good before. No, 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 no. We would no. never say that. She looked amazing. She no, always no. looks amazing. She's great. And we love her. From the beginning of time. Um, by the way, I, rem- <laughs> I distinctly remember you telling me when at some point after you'd lost weight and stuff. And I was like, yeah, whatever. You're looking good. Blah, blah, blah. You were like, man, think about all the people before that, before I lost weight. Like, you thought it looked, they must have thought it looked. I look fat or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably um, on a podcast somewhere. Me being all salty somewhere. about people telling me I look good. Yeah, like, it's probably so, somewhere. Yeah, I've always it's, looked good. Yeah, to be. Somewhere. I've always looked good. Uh, it's probably not yeah, true. Yeah, no, no. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody is beautiful in their own way, Phil. So yeah, I, there it is. You definitely. I love it. <laughs> If you want to get in on the Mage Talk Weight Loss Challenge, you can do it by uh, sucking up at least half of your Twitter, uh, 280 characters, by tagging uh, your posts on Twitter with hashtag Mage Talk Weight Loss Challenge. Absolutely. And, um, I remember uh, it's I before E except after C and then when sounding like A as in neighbor and way, which is wow. how you remember how weight you loss really challenge fleshed, has... You really fleshed that out for people. That's You really put some work into... I did. That one out. I did. Fantastic. Speaking of fleshing out, you've put a lot of money into Mage Derby. Yeah, we're fleshing out the Mage Derby heavily. <laughs> I'll tell you. Can what. we stop? Can we um, 20, 20 resolutions? Let's never say the word flesh again. <laughs> you know, there's certain words that gross me out, and I can see how that would be one of them, but it's flesh. Didn't. Just just say it. Just flesh. <laughs> there was something recently that really bothered me. And I was oh no. Well, I saw somebody say video toot. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think we've talked about this before, like toot yeah. as in tutorial, like toots. Yeah, yeah toots. In a video toot. It just bothered no. me. No more, um, no more video. No to- Okay, moratorium on toots and flesh. Do you prefer flush? Are you one of those guys? Are you a flushing out guy? Yeah, I want to flush it out. <laughs> well, that's-, that's probably... It grows you out too. That's something else. It can't win with you. What do you say then? Expand upon? Yeah. Yeah. Let's good. Let's Lord. dive into that. All right. Let's dive let's unpa- in. Here's you want to you want to hear the 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 most garbage corporate like enterprise speak you've ever heard. Okay. I heard this the one the other day. <laughs> Give it to me. Uh we need let's let's double click on that. 
for a second. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. Let's just let's double click on that. The funny know? thing is, I did literally double click on on Mage Derby from the from the. <laughs> <laughs> so Mage Derby is remind me what Mage Derby is because I Mage, said that I give money to it at some point and then I ignored the emails. You? So Ooh, tell me, tell me fantastic. what the, <laughs> Mage Derby is the incarnation of the 10K M2 build tweet fiasco. Basically, oh yeah, uh, Len over in the Netherlands, Len Lor 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 sorry Len, my boy Len. Uh, is he goes, you know, I've had this idea of like, how fast can you build? What could you build with an experienced Magento team quickly? So it's a 24 hour thing, six teams, one winner, February 7th and 8th, 2020. And so basically like Len was like, yeah, like what could be built in a really condensed time frame um, If you leveraged all the tools and expertise of a team that really knows what they're doing, you just move quickly. So they're basically, they're going to get a design brief or a development brief for a project um, and, then, and then 24 hours to, to build it out. Um, and so, uh, so I, I contributed like 2,500. Then Mage Mojo came in, beat me to the top sponsor spot for like five, wow. which is absurd. And so I was like, wait, wait. so, but then it turns out there's like a 33% tax which is ridiculous. Uh, but we can all feel good that we're supporting our governments. Um, so anyways, <laughs> we're up to like about a $5,000 prize. We really need to get a $10,000 prize because that's really yeah, the whole it's the point. $10, it's, it's, it's a $10,000 Magento bill. It's what it is. It's what it is, people. So anyways, that's the goal. But, but yeah, it's really moving forward. Len and uh, his team have been doing a really, really nice job of of uh, getting, getting things organized and uh, moving things forward. So. I'm really excited about it. Um, and, uh, and also, I mean, if you want to participate, I still don't remember exactly why it's limited to six teams, but that's, that's all good. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you guys, you know, over at SD, if you guys want to throw your hats in the ring. Yeah, you know, you could, you could just publicly uh, call us out. No big deal. You know, I'm not saying good. I'm calling you out, but, you know, Chadwick, where are you at? Where are you at, brother? Where Come are on, you Chadwick. At? Where are you at? Um, That's all I'm we're saying. Out, I'm we're, not calling out Chadwick, but we're just saying where are you at. That's all. All I'm saying is where you where you is, man. Where you at? That's where you all. at? February seventh and eighth. Um. Anyways, so <laughs> so that's the deal on the Mage Derby. Fantastic. That's the deal. Yep. That is the deal. Um. Uh. Can can I go off topic here, please? I was going to open the show with this and then we didn't actually have a show open. So now we're just deep in. And uh, so I'm just going to ask you in the middle here. What do you think? I want you to think about this for a second. What do you think Mark Lavelle is doing right now? I was literally thinking about that. Like, you liar. I'm not lying, dude. You know, here's why. Here's why. Because I was looking on LinkedIn, as I often do. And uh, actually was interesting is I was on my profile and it said, People who view this profile also view, boom, Mark Lavelle was like the second one. Anyways. <laughs> I wonder how so, he feels about that. <laughs> yeah, that's like, that's yeah. not helping his... It could his, be anybody. It could be Mark yeah. Benioff. It could be Jeff Bezos. But it's, it's instead, it's this, you yeah, know, exa exactly. Kalen exactly. Jordan exactly. character. Exactly. I love that. So love anyway, that. so I was like, I was like, dude, I wonder what Mark is up to. Like, you know, he's working on something. You know, he's putting a deal together. He's probably working on his tan, buddy. Well... You know? I, I doubt it. How long can you work on your tan for? Plus, it's not a good time of year for that anyways. 
You know he's putting something together, dude. It's just a matter of time. It is just a matter of time. So I'm curious. I'm I'm really, I'm really curious about that. Actually, yeah. I wonder what he's doing. I know you got predictions. Come on, spit them out. I know you got uh, predictions. Yeah, I, I I don't know, man. I'm just saying, like, what what would you do if you were like, first of all, first of all, you have to like build some sort of a structure to put all your money in. Oh, absolutely. No, yeah. You need several layers of of a yeah. holding corporations. Yeah. You need like a yeah. You Shell gotta, companies. I mean, you're oh no, I'm talking about physical structure, like oh, physical, uh, physical structure. Of Uncle course. Scrooge money bin. That's yeah. what I'm. That's no. what I'm picturing. You're gonna have both. You're gonna have your physical bin. You're gonna have your <laughs> Panama offshore accounts. You got to diversify. When yeah. you're did anyone check to see if Mark Lavelle was outed in the Panama Papers? Did anyone <laughs> look for that? I never looked. Brad Wrencher, that guy had money, right? He had to have been outed in the Panama Let's Papers. Have somebody look into that for us. Somebody um, in the Adobe world had to have been implicated in the Panama Papers somewhere. Somewhere, um, yeah. At least like one or two degrees of connection. At know. least. Yeah. At least. Didn't Demi Lovato have money in, in Panama? Something Did you? Like you know quite a bit about this. I don't know. Anyway, the, the idea came to me when I thought, uh, what is, you know, what do you think Mark is doing right now? Is he building something new? Is he enjoying the fruits of his, you know, 40, sorry, 30 years of work? I want to make him older than he is. Uh, I know he has adult children, so he's probably enjoying time with the, the missus, probably. Um, I don't know. Don't know what he's doing. Don't know. You know, you know what he's not doing? He's, What's he he's not, not doing? He's not worrying about Magento. I'll tell you that right now. Tell you that right now. What yeah, What would right be now. a logical like what like what would be a next step as far as like? Do you remember that picture of, of Barack Obama after the election and he was like skiing in Jamaica? Yeah. Remember that like like surfboarding or something? He was like he was wakeboarding. Wake. He was the happiest yep. looking person that you've ever seen. Right. Right. That's that's Mark Lavelle. Just chilling. Just chilling. Living, chillin living chillin'. his best life. You know, I wonder how much like style, this is, by the way, this is so classic OG mage talk that okay. this, this, that like this is even happening on this conversation on this level right now. But how much stock do you think that he picked up in, in the Adobe deal? And can you fathom how much that's grown? I think the Adobe stock is in like 300% up since the acquisition. Like it's something really? ridiculous. Hold on. Let me, let me, wow. let me, let me, let me look at, hold on. You talk about something. I'm going to do the numbers. What, what I was going to say, gosh, I just had a very, I literally raised my, oh, I, I know what to say. 2020 predictions. Ooh, gosh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Point at the sale. 2020 predictions. 2020 predictions. I predict hmm. Mark Lavelle's next move will come Bitcoin. to light in 2020. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't know what it's going to be. I'm just saying at some point in 2020, we will see what what his next move is can can let's 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 make some oddball predictions okay um ghost kitchens that's what travis galanix and do now ghost kitchens or cloud kitchen is that what yeah that's it? it's right that's the same called, interchangeable same, term. yeah same deal yeah okay. ghost kitchens also can mean a kitchen that's haunted with a ghost <laughs> Now I gotta Google this because I'm not sure if you're messing with you or not. I, it's I was, called Ghost Kitchens. I'm serious. I was Look sure it up. that it was salt called Cloud Kitchens. I think that I think you've lost your mind, <laughs> Travis. <laughs> Ghost Kitchens. Travis Kalanick. Okay, fine. Ghost Kitchen. Whatever. All right. What were you saying about it? Go ahead. Uh, 
So May 21st, 2018 was the day that the, uh, the Magento acquisition happened. Um, and the Adobe stock was uh, on that day, May 20, May, 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 was at 238. Uh, and it peaked, uh, oh, it's at an all-time high right now at 337. So it's up 40% since uh, 300 was a little crazy. Yeah. 40% I, since I that day. Believe you when you say yeah, I know. I, I don't ever believe anything I say. It's up 40% on the day. That's, an, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Um, that's a healthy return. I'm looking at some or, real estate yeah. stuff right now. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm not even kidding, dude. I had a call for an hour with a guy that does real estate, does apartment syndications. <laughs> <laughs> that is so Kalen. It's yeah, it's super rando. Um, because I'm horrible with investing. I've I don't ever invest in anything. And uh I gotta get into it, man. I gotta invest in dollars. Remember when uh you you were asking some time ago, episode 24, which was in 2015, you were asking about betterment. Did oh. you take the did you take the plunge then? I did not. I did not. I never plunge <laughs> Do not plunge or flush. <laughs> I don't not. flush anything out. I don't plunge. I do not plunge. I don't. I, I just it's horrible. Don't. I can't do it. I can't do the stock market because I'm afraid. I'm deathly afraid that it's going to crash overnight. Right. Even though I know it'll eventually come back, it just I would cry in the corner. And do you want to? Do you want to? You want to cry a little bit? Okay. Uh, really. In I'm 2015. Sure. So we recorded that episode and published it. I don't know when we recorded it. We published it in uh, on February 18th of 2015. Okay. So on February 18th of 2015, the stock, uh, the Dow, was at 18,000. Okay. And uh, today it closed at 28,000. Okay. So you know, in that time, that's a healthy bump. Yeah, it's oh, uh, you, you could have you could have probably more than doubled that uh, whatever you you were you know. But you know what we did? You know what we did during that time, though? What did we, we created do? created a beloved show and we made phrases like, would you like a butter mint? So <laughs> we got that out of it, at least. Oh, there's that. There's that. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm like low-key making this a retrospective show. We didn't talk about it, but I've now no, done no, no. it. <laughs> We're looking backwards. You always find a way. You always find a way to mold the content to your will. And I respect it. I respect that superpower because look, you're not going to ride a dock. You're not going to fool it. I mean, listen, the cheap commerce operate, opera, op, <laughs> CCO is not screwed around with your docks, but he's going to, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to, he's not screwing around, he's not screwing around with your docks. <laughs> he, he doesn't, need, I mean, let's be honest. He probably has more than one dock. He's got, more docks than he knows what to do with. He's got a dock in one hand. He's got a dock in the other hand. I mean, he's got docks for days. I mean, he might double click on some topics. We're going to double. For, for Mitchell, me. you summon Mitchell Cowie out of nowhere hey, yo. with your own voice. Shout out to Mitch. Can I call you Mitch, by the way? Probably can't. I need to pull up the comments here because I feel like there's a lot of stuff going on in the, in the stream that I need to be aware of. Yeah. So, but I get super distracted. When can I do we? That. Do you want to talk about China? And then I can't think. I do want to talk about China. Um, there was there was an episode of The Office that I just watched not even four nights ago. Bro, I've been rewatching The Office from episode one with my wife every single night. 
so good. Oh, it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've been rewatching The Office. There's an episode where Oscar and Michael have an intellectual debate about China taking over. Oh, really? And uh, this, this, <laughs> you are playing that out with yourself and no one else on Twitter by yourself. You're having that conversation. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so, Gary V, who anything he says is immediately relevant because of his keynote, which I love. So I can bring, I can reference anything he said. What blew me away is he said something very, I've never heard it said so directly. Somebody it's asked just, him what, But that's, that's Gary's everything is always very confident and direct. It is, but at the same he, he time- He never hedges on anything. Well, but that's only true. Like if there's something he doesn't know about, he doesn't generally speak on it, I think. Remember when I asked him about AI and he's like, yeah, I don't, if I don't know about it, I'm not going to talk about it. And then he spent 20 minutes talking about AI. Let's face it, Magento can be a beast to run in the cloud. And that's why Stratus by MageMojo is hosting Evolved. Say goodbye to dedicated DevOps teams and complex cloud architecture. With Stratus, you get a rock-solid architecture that's built on Amazon AWS and true cloud auto scale. Never worry about capacity planning ever again with the full power of AWS that's behind your site. Backed by Magento Cloud Architecture Geniuses at MageMojo on technologies like ECS, Kubernetes, Aurora, and also a 15-minute SLA that's the fastest in the entire industry, you can be sure that your site is in good hands with Stratus. Give it a try today, and we know you won't be disappointed. Head over to magemojo.com slash magetalk and get started. That's M-A-G-E-M-O-J-O.com slash magetalk. Thanks again to MageMojo for the continued support of MageTalk. MageTalk is brought to you by Vertex. Vertex is a Magento premier partner, providing cloud and on-premise solutions that can be tailored to specific industries for every major line of tax, including sales and use, income, value added, and payroll. Vertex Cloud is the SaaS solution that automates sales and use tax, including calculation and returns. With multiple service levels and flexible pricing models, Vertex Cloud meets the sales and use tax needs for businesses of all sizes, from recognizable brands like Honda, Pepsi, and Verizon to small businesses the world over. Find out more today at vertexsmb.com and be sure to mention Mage Talk to get 15 months for the price of 12. Once again, that's vertexsmb.com. Well, but, was that a hedge? Was that at least a hedge? You said he doesn't hedge. Was that at least a hedge? Maybe that's that a, hedge. a hedge. That was a hedge. Anyways, he basically said, "It China won. It's over. It's just a matter of it playing." Now out. it has to play out, right? They're going to be the most dominant world uh, empire in the world, and it's, it was the first time I heard it stated so clearly, and it was like, "Wow!" Like, and he's a super pro-America guy, you know. Like, so, anyways, it was just. I don't know, like what, like that. I don't know. Hmm. That's kind of, it's, it's kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, maybe. Is it politically incorrect the way I'm talking about it? Why is it so? I don't weird think so. Talk about this. I don't, I don't think so. I don't know. I don't get it. Um, I don't know how many people actually are excited about this. You know, if you want to talk about the Magento angle, uh, having more, uh, more regions and more areas of. Uh, you know, global adoption of Magento to 
you know, that are not just emerging markets, but like really powerful um, middle class markets, China is the place where you could probably spend a decade building a product like Magento and, you know, you know have plenty to, to grow into. It, you know, it made me wonder, like, why isn't there a bigger Magento presence in China? Well, it, it's not for lack of trying. Thomas Galetz has spent probably three years trying to grow Magento, meet Magento right. in China, right? He had that meetup in Shenzhen or... Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. And, and it looked like it was lightly attended. Um, I think that there are challenges with American products, um, American software products or like American or European-centric products uh, going to Asia because Asia skipped a generation of tech enablement where we like mm. depend on email address for right. And, right. and websites to get products. They right. depend on SMS numbers and WhatsApp. Um, and I, I think that the modern e-commerce platform and paradigm isn't the thing that gets broad consumer adoption in China. And so that's, that's probably the, the difficulty. It's not like in Asia, apparently, I don't know this for a fact, but in Asia, brands that aren't American brands, but even pose as American brands become mm-hmm. very popular because mm-hmm. having, you know, American, uh, you know, American products is is seen as like a, a source of like middle class luxury and and uh, and like a, it's a status symbol, which is cool. Right. Like that's, but but I from a consumer brand perspective, that's not the same thing as like enterprise software, I guess. <laughs> so, Don't mind um, me. Right. Anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's. I think it's also going to bring. I mean, I think it's going to also bring sort of into question. Um, the way that we the way that we do things in terms of um, in the you know norms around work. I mean, I mean, like it was interesting because you look at work life balance, right? And there was a big mm. discussion that blew up over the holidays around work life balance. It's like <laughs> you can say that again. Fast, like, like fast forward twenty years, China's dominant world powers. From what I understand, they work. I mean, I mean, the work work life balance is a, not even a discussion. Over there, maybe that's an oversimplification. But fast forward twenty years, if they're the dominant world power, it sort of brings into question like all of our norms around. I mean, work-life balance. I mean, representative government, all that stuff. Like, um, so. But I, that's. But is that how? Like, when you talk about the greatness of America or the, you know, the greatness of a, a you know, a dominant. Uh, uh, force for, like I don't know. If you think about the the ideals that like our heroes in popular culture, I I uh, embody like Superman, right? Truth mm-hmm. and justice in the American way, and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. the the era when those ideals were born were eras where people commonly were asked to sacrifice for the common good, right? Right, like. It's only since the 70s and the 80s and individualism that right. people have gotten this idea that we need work-life balance. Like right. this, this idea is fairly new in our society. Right. And if you buy into the Gary Vee narrative, like there are people that are willing to sacrifice for, for God and country and for, and for the state right. and, and to, to have a bigger place on the world stage and, and, and to have you know, more uh, to afford themselves and their children uh, a better future, and 
I don't know that Americans are of that mindset right now. If you look at the Twitter debate alone, it, right. it looks like you know most people are trying to work as little as humanly possible, and we call it balance. Right. Um, and I'm used. I'm I'm one of those people that used to work 80 hours a week, and right. you know touted it like this is right. everybody does this. Right. Right. To be right. successful, you have to do that. Right. Um, so I don't know. I like. Yeah, like you're an example of more balance, right? Like chi- like like Chinese Phil would still be working 80 hours a week, right? And like some I, might like, say I look like Chinese Phil already. <laughs> but like, you know, like um yeah, and like like if you like I think that I know this is getting a little weird territory, but um I, I just think it's just interesting. I think it's going to impact a lot of uh, a lot of stuff. Um, but, you know, fast forward, like the reason why a lot of our, these like ideals of how we've lost man, everybody. We've uh, lost. They're not watching any, anymore. Everybody's gone. <laughs> everybody's gone. Yeah. Mitchell says um, he prefers to be called Mitchell. So that's, that's, that was oh, your dude, fault when we lost him. Bad. Sorry. Everybody that, else dude. is like, who cares about China? Um, sorry about that, man. Um, all yeah. Right. All right. You had a whole thing about like competitive pay, gap, pay gap. Oh, we got lots of stuff in the dock. Yeah, we got tons of stuff in the dock. Um, um, yeah. So let's hard swerve off of this China topic. <laughs> yeah, please. Let's hard swerve. I feel like it's making you uncomfortable. Okay. So <laughs> next topic. I'm, I'm here, um, baby. I'm here. Well, we can do this all day. We can flush <laughs> it out. <laughs> Um, next topic was, I did this whole thing on being underpaid versus overpaid. And, um, we, know, we've talked about this like so many times, but the, but I think I've come a little bit to the other perspective that you've brought in the past, which is, you know, I'm generally saying, Hey, you should try to make as much money as, as, as possible. And we see salaries climbing up and up and up. Um, you know, Nathan Barry is. Yeah. Founder ConvertKit. So yep. he did this. Uh, he had this article on uh, value, and the the uh, the title is "How the Gap Between Value and Price Affects Goodwill." And he gives the example of uh, of a software product. I think he mentions it specifically as Intercom. And he basically talks about how it's a great product, provides a lot of value, but they are constantly increasing the prices. And the prices are all, always matching the value. It's a very valuable product. But there isn't really any gap between the price and the value. Um, so you're getting what you're paying for, but you're not really getting more than what you're paying for. And like everybody loves a product that's like great, and you also feel like you're getting a great deal on it because, uh, and, and you're more likely to stick with the product, right? Because you're like, holy cow, like this product is awesome. And you know, it's, you know, they're not charging every last penny that they could. I think there's an analogy there to, um, you know, your, your salaried pay, or if you're a freelancer, the rates that you charge, like, it's weird. Cause I'm, I'm a big fan of maximizing your, your, um, earning potential. But then on the flip side is like, well, being underpaid can kind of be good because, and I think that was a lot of the pres- uh, you, the word underpaid is a little weird in that context, but I think the perspective <laughs> that you brought in the past is like salaries are too high, it's not sustainable. Um, and I think that whether you call it being underpaid, underpaid is a is a weird word to use in that context. But you know, it, it, the interesting thing is you're either underpaid, you're overpaid, or you're paid exactly 
what your value is. And then if you get better at your job tomorrow, tomorrow now you're underpaid, if you're technically speaking. So um, anyways, I, I just think it's an interesting perspective that having a little gap in between what you're being paid and the value you're bringing um, can, be, can be a good thing. Um, there, yeah, this is a really interesting blog and I'm going to have to dig into this a, a little bit more because I, I do sense that there is something really interesting around sort of like the race, uh, the race to the top of being paid exactly what your, what your value is. Right. And that's sort of, it becomes a, a bit of an arms race in that you have to keep providing additional value. Um, so, uh, and, and, they, and the compensation stays right in lock with that, which means that over time, you have to, <clears throat> you, you have to work. I don't know. Yeah. From, from an employment perspective, you're providing a tremendous amount of value to the company. Um, uh, and and usually, if, especially in the agency model, that probably means that you are billing a lot more. You're making the company a lot more. Like you're you're a lot more efficient, right? Everyone's looking for ten xers or or what are not generalists. What's the what's the word? Full stack. You stopped Full using stack. that phrase recently. Um, and those are all things that like uh, that I do think about. Um, I read a book last year called. Um, it's written by a, an author called. Uh, her name is Shoshana Zuboff, uh, and it's called. Um, uh, now it's, it's lost my my mind. Hold on, one. For, uh, oh, oh, it's called the Age of Surveillance Capitalism. <laughs> Dense read, mm-hmm. um, but the idea of the uh, like her her whole idea here, which. If this actually would segue into the the third modernity discussion, but her whole idea is the the Karl Marx like how can you create a surplus on top of a person's labor and time like the commoditization of labor and time how can you ever earn more on that than what you pay them it's fundamentally like immoral mm-hmm. this idea that you're creating additional value out of someone shouldn't that person have share in that value. And so, when you look at this value price thing, I totally understand what you're saying. The the tr- to provide a tremendous amount of value at a low price is out of is out of um, uh, somebody's losing out in that equation, and that could be what you know contributes to burnout or uh, people that are are unhappy. There was you know someone in the Magento ecosystem who just tweeted a very salty like, "This is the worst job of my life," sort of a thing. Today and you see that sort of thing that you know does play out over time is um, and I, I totally totally understand that totally feel that I think that if if it's just price and value you're probably measuring the wrong thing the the last point that I would make is that we we usually envy like when we when we're seeing people on Twitter or on Instagram like the envy is usually stoked at like how much they're paid and like what the like luxuries of their life are affording them. Mm-hmm. We, we very rarely are envious of someone's free time. Mm-hmm. We're very rarely envious of someone's like ability to have freedom in their job to pursue other passions and hobbies. Right. And those are the things that I've come to find more additional value in my life and work. So when you talk about balance, I want more freedom and not less freedom. I want more uh, ability to pursue passions and become a more complete person by you know finding other parts of myself that are that can be fulfilled that are not just make more money 
Yeah. Um, the money is less important to me than it used to be because the money doesn't give me free freer time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I don't know if any of that resonates with you, but I'm going to dig into this blog because this is super interesting to me. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. I think that all of those, all of those themes tie in and just having a, um, a more holistic, a holistic view on the, on the whole thing um, and seeing things from, from both. A lot, a lot of people see things from one perspective. They either see it from the employee perspective or the employer perspective. But like, I think probably both of us have uh, seen things a little bit from both sides of the table and it sure. gives you, um, you know, some appreciation for, you know, both sides of the table. Um, so anywho, uh, <laughs> the last thing I'm staring at in the dock is my plug, my commerce hero plug. Was there uh well, I guess I'll jump right into it. Okay. If you're if you're just gonna sit there and wait for me to jump into it. Jump into the commerce hero thing and then I do want to touch on the 30 commerce modernity. Oh, you know what? Let's do no, I wanna actually I wanna do that because I want to have enough time for that because I thought okay. that was super interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So um give I wrote, the overview. I yeah, I really lo- love that thread that you wrote on what you oh, call thanks. the 30 commerce modernity. But uh, but yeah, give a quick overview on that. Yeah, if you uh, if you have twenty minutes, because it's the longest thread in the history of threads. <laughs> it's a long thread with a great ending, with a great surprise ending. By the way. Oh yeah, <laughs> you like the twist at the end? <laughs> yeah. The twist is don't don't pay attention to any of this. I'll still build your website for you. <laughs> yeah, um, I like that. That has the most likes of anything. Uh, I was reading this book that actually I thought was just like a, a white paper that I find, like. I randomly find things based on like random ideas that I have. And uh, I turned up this, uh, this book called Towards the Third Modernity, How Ordinary People Are Transforming the World. I forget how I actually found this. The third modernity was a phrase that was in that book uh, called Resisting the Attention Economy. Um, or um, uh, re- Sorry, Resisting the Surveillance Economy, uh, Surveillance Capitalism. Mm-hmm. Um, and this idea of the third modernity is pretty much the thing that we just talked about, which is, you know, humanity, you know, humanism, uh, and then sort of like uh, turning away from common good to more selfish pursuits. And then what happens when consumerism powers that? And like, how does that, how can that be weaponized against people? It's just like a whole thing. Anyway, um, in this book, uh, he talked about how uh, a lot of technological revolutions were powered by people having greater forms of communication and being able to do things in the moment and having tools to be able to you know, spread ideas faster. Uh, and that sort of resonated with me. And um, the, his actual quote was, uh, uh, and the author is um, uh, Ari de Gauss, I believe. Um, so the, the, the quote is, uh, electronic media seems to favor authentic, even brutal communications. Um, they solicit less formal and more direct forms of speech. Mobile phones also transformed communication. They allowed for instant communication. People were able to say what they felt in the moment that they felt it without intellectualizing it or brooding on it. And um, you can make an argument that that's led to less civilized uh, you know, conversation. Um, mm-hmm. and, but uh, part of that like modernization of speech and language and communication, I started thinking about in the e-commerce context. And in e-commerce... Those the tools that have allowed us to get in front of customers faster are, you know, started out as very like 
rudimentary building blocks. It was HTML, right? And so the, we've had the World Wide Web for 25, almost 30 years. So we're, you know, we, we can communicate ideas, but we couldn't actually exchange goods necessarily. And then some, we had an emergence. So that's like the first modernity for me in e-commerce is like we could communicate ideas, maybe print out a, like a delivery form, fill it in and then mail it into uh, the, the, um, into like a catalog and then they would ship us our products. Um, or, you know, later stage in the first modernity, it was, we have a payment page where we could put in a credit card. Um, but that really didn't come around until like, there's a whole thing that's not in this Twitter thread about how, uh, Congress, uh, passed a law that allowed for, uh, uh, consumer use of crypto cryptography, which was not allowed in uh, the mid 90s and you know congress allowing that and opening it up allowed credit card payment processing to happen online yeah. um, so we had consumer use of cryptography and encryption which is like this huge breakthrough and has allowed basically everything that we have that's you know modern secure communication um, that was like the end of the first modernity which is we we can actually like have more personalized experiences and talk one to one with each other online the second modernity was, okay, well, we have this common language now around the way that we lay things out to purchase stuff online. But to do that, it's very cumbersome. Like We have to build every page individually by hand, bespoke. It's HTML that we create. Um, so programmatically, let's create a language to be able to develop those things. And then some sites have search. Some sites have the ability to filter and like sort results. Some sites are like, show me how many items I have in the shopping cart. The idea of the shopping cart again, like a skeuomorphic idea of this like thing in the real world that we do all the shopping in the real world. So let's emulate that in a virtual sense. Those like norms evolved, and platforms basically rounded up the best of the breeds and put them into the platforms. Yeah. So companies like Oracle acquired some technologies like Indeca, um, and Indeca had you know the thing that we call now layered navigation, and then. And then open source platforms like OS Commerce and later Magento popularized having those on day one. They're not like nice to have features. They're features that just come standard with e-commerce platforms. And that was the end of the second modernity. So when I started thinking about what are the tools, if you were to take this whole Gauss thing um, and, uh, and, and you were to like think about it a little deeper, um, uh, what are the more brutal communications like forms of getting e-commerce in front of people, more direct form of speech, um, instant communication, saying what you feel like in the moment, not intellectualizing or brooding on it. Well, it takes a lot of effort to build e-commerce sites right now. And the entrepreneurial stack has now evolved in, one, in this like no-code realm. And you know this, right? Because you've been thinking about this for the last 6 months too. Which is, I can spin up a number of services like Airtable or Coda... Uh, link it together with a bunch of other disparate, you know, free or low cost services like HubSpot and uh, and or Mailchimp or um, or whatever, and I could put all those things together and all of a sudden have like a really differential product. Do it quickly, like in a weekend, you know, have a really pretty web experience with something like Webflow, and all of a sudden I have an e-commerce experience that is akin to what. 15 years ago, might have cost half a million dollars to build. And the fact that you can do that with no coding experience is that brutalized, no brooding, like no intellectualization needed 
form of getting commerce experiences in front of people. And I think that is what I'm calling the third e-commerce modernity is we don't have to wait for developers to create solutions anymore. Entrepreneurs, creatives can create them whole cloth themselves. And that path between the creator and the consumer is now shortened. And I wonder what that does in you know, an ecosystem that thrives on professional services revenue, on an ecosystem that thrives on you know, creating these like <sighs> intellectually uh, pure implementations of coding pra- best practices right. uh, and spends a lot of time thinking mm-hmm. about and implementing those sorts of things in every single e-commerce project and less about like how do we shorten the path to the customer. And now we have a whole slew of solutions that do shorten the path to the customer. And I wonder what that does in our ecosystem. 20 years ago, you had a ton of developers in VoIP and then Twilio happened. right? 30, 40 years ago, you had a ton of developers in, in other telecoms and VoIP happened. right? So like, I wonder what, what the next... Like, is it AI or ML or like, wh- where are we going next in developing tools and toolkits? Because it's probably not going to be e-commerce platforms for much longer. Yeah, and I want your thoughts on that. Yeah, no, this part in in, in the thread really really stuck out to me, um, where you said, uh, you know, okay, so in walks PWA. PWA is a de- developer term for a collection of technologies, but shorthand is PWA sites are fast sites, right? Customers want fast. That's sort of what is driving this evolution. And then it's like monoliths, monoliths don't do fast, right? Like these monoliths, huge frameworks that we have and that we love and that we've yeah. built our careers around. And, and podcasts, um, right? About- and our podcasts um, are essentially monoliths. And there's tons of features, right? There's tons, tons of customization potential. But it's like monoliths don't do fast. More features, more third-party code, less fast. <laughs> Right, so the monoliths evangelize PWA. PWA means a massive rewrite, right? Which is which is it's it's unavoidable. Like I was thinking to myself, if you go from a, a standard Magento build to PWA, you're cutting out. I mean, think about how many lines of code, of functionality, wish lists, and and uh, shared carts, and uh, and all. Think about how much of that stuff you're essentially just cutting. Right, and some of it is preserved, of course, on the back end, and you're tying in over the API and stuff like that. But, like you said, it's essentially a rewrite, right? And, and what you said here is that they missed the point. PWA isn't. Um, I need to get into static sites, but the idea being that like people are interested in simpler, faster sites, and that that's that's an evolution that's that's happening, and I think it's. It's uncomfortable for some people to, to talk about that. And no, that's not universally true. Yes, of course, there are use cases where, you know... Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah. That's not the case. But there is there is this huge trend going in this direction, which is what you're tapping, on, tapping into, what you're seeing and experiencing. It's like the future is unevenly distributed. So, people, so you're saying, this is happening. And some people are saying, that's not true. <laughs> it's like, well... It's it's but I think that you really are tapping into a real trend here. It's like, you know, the the saying or or the idea that you want to put yourself out of business. You want to yeah, yeah instead yeah, yeah. of letting somebody else put you out of business, you want to innovate and then bring uh bring innovations within your own company to 
to um, do things differently. So maybe that means that you spin up a new division within your company that looks at these newer technologies or whatever that might look like. But I think these are challenging things for us to talk about. But I think well, probably I, like, because I love they seeing they, you talk about these things is like yeah. I, I and then that's what makes the end of your tweet so funny is that there is the the reality of the here and the now and the and, and the needs of today and the projects that are that are being built right now as we speak. And then there's also like, hey, what are we going to do about these trends? Like, how are we going to adapt our business model yeah. to these changes? Well, um, I there's always going to be a need for you know the mass retailer. Um, I'll give you an example. Uh, right next to my office uh, here that I'm standing in right now in West Palm, there's a uh, there's a boutique that only sells like <laughs> moo-moos, right? Women's <laughs> women's moo-moos, right. and uh, they they're open in season uh, in Palm Beach when you have all the like New Yorkers and Midwesterners that are snowbirds that come down for the season, and that store exists to serve them, and they're going to wear a moo-moo all winter long because it's 70 degrees and it's beautiful. That site, that e-commerce website is as simple as you can possibly imagine it to be. It, right. It's as simple as when you go into the store and you just have colors and sizes and it's all one thing, right? Yeah. yeah. And then right across the street is a CVS that just opened, which is a new concept CVS store. It's not your you know, father's CVS. Uh, it is way more than just a pharmacy. It is basically the coolest grocery store that you've ever been in. Uh, okay. That It has a Smile Direct Club in there. It's people that like, scan your teeth and make like retainers. So it's crazy. It's like a concept store for like the store of CVS's future. That's big retail. And it's like, if I go on CVS.com, I'm going to expect that my CVS Care Plus rewards are there. Like I have an expectation that I do not have for the Moomoo store. So right. there is a need for both, right? right. But by and large... The majority of businesses that are doing business online that are coming out right now uh, that make up the million stores that are on the Shopify platform, uh, they're the ones that have the more simple business model, not the complicated business model. They're the ones who are trying to get in front of the customers the quickest. And they're the ones who want to be able to like throw things up online, move fast, break things. Like they 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 want to be, they want to rapidly iterate and not have to employ hordes of developers to do so. And these solutions are going to allow them to do that. Your, your point is, though, is that if you take what we've learned over the last four or five years that have brought other platforms to prominence like Shopify, it's that you get enough consumers to engage with the Moomoo store website, and they're going to eventually level the demands of having simple and fast against the CVSs of the world. And that is where I think that we're... That's the world we're walking into. And I don't think PWA as a technology stack solves that problem. Yeah. The problem is a UI, UX execution problem that allows marketers and, and creatives in the brand side of a company like CVS to pilot things and change things quickly and adapt quickly. Mm-hmm. But that's not what enterprise e-commerce is about. Right. And I think that's, that therein lies the rub is that We've, we're waiting a long time for a PWA technology stack to land in the Magento world. And it seems like it's in constant evolution. It's not really heading towards future completion. And, but along with it is, it is just a technology to make stuff fast. It's not like fast as in load time, not necessarily fast as an iteration from the brand to the, to the customer. And it still requires developers to understand a whole stack right. of code 
and not replace their understanding too. That's my other, but that's my other concern is that it's not like PWA is rewriting how everything's done on the back end of Magento. The 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 brand, you know, will have to employ an agency that has legacy Magento knowledge of how UI components work, so that they can right. write back end facing technologies right. that the the you know right. it's a, and and then it's just a taller and taller and taller and taller stack it's right. it's concerning right and you mentioned Elliot um which is a new e- sort of e-commerce tool um which is sort of in this no code category and one of the interesting things like i you know being so steeped in the magento world i think about shopify um as being you know having things a little bit you know cleaner, a little more modern. Let's look at checkout as an example real quick. I know we're over here, so we'll wrap up. But you look at a standard Shopify checkout. There's something nice about it. It's a standard checkout. You don't have uh, merchants owning their own checkout code. There's some nice advantages to the way that that's that's done. You look at... And so Elliot's differentiation is Elliot is like, listen, with Shopify, you need a whole bunch of third-party integrations. With Elliot, you don't need any of that. You're going to get your fulfillment, like every, payments, everything is... You can get going right away without having to tie a bunch of services in as part of their value prop. And so it's like, when you look at checkout, like if you look at a demo Elliot site, checkout is just Google payments, Apple. Yeah. <laughs> and when I look at that, and like as when I as a consumer want to use payments, like, like I don't want to see a payment form. Like and and then that's where like Shopify is like a little old school now because yeah. like by default you're staring at a big form and yeah they can remember who you are across different merchants which is cool but it's better to just use app you know Apple Pay Google Google Payments pulling your shipping pulling all that like there shouldn't be any form for any of that stuff and that stuff's sort of being pulled into the browser too if right. if what I one thing I didn't touch here is the advent of browser technology and standardizations. So browser payment API is massive, massive game changer. And when you look at the consumer trust of browser plugins, right? So browser plugins 10 years ago, nobody was doing anything with browser plugins. Like I was creating bookmarklets that, you know, added, you know, uh, (laughs) that added random things to websites. Uh, But a browser plugin as an app that runs in the browser... Uh, well, it was just legitimized because Honey, which is a browser plugin that finds coupon codes on the site that you're shopping on, yep. was just acquired by PayPal for $4 billion. So the, the market has been validated that consumers trust browser plugins and see them as valuable. And that means that the browser is now the new operating system in the way that your phone and iOS is the operating system. People are installing apps in their browsers and they expect to have a common experience across all websites now. Mm-hmm. So it's added another layer of complexity in that brow- between the payments API and browser plugins, like the web is not even the web you control on your website experience anymore. And I think that we're, we're heading into a very sh- interesting and strange, brave new world where sites are just sites and you can purchase anything at any time from any one of them without needing a checkout, without even needing an e-commerce platform. Um, it's it's certainly interesting, and that's why I think I'm calling it the third modernity. At the beginning of a modern age, you don't know what the how it's going to play out. 
Yeah. And you, 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 at any moment in time, you might think to yourself, like, this is how it's supposed to be. And you'll have a list of best practices of how to execute it. Right. And in 10 years time, everything that we know right now is invalidated. Right. And, you know, sometimes you are iterating on one thing, right? BWA is iterating within the Magento world. And then somebody comes along and says, let me just build something new and fresh. Let me just build native support for all the stuff that everybody should be using anyways, like browser payments and everybody's got to do fulfillment in sort of a standard way. Nobody wants to ship stuff themselves. And then mm. somebody can just build something fresh and you go like, well, you can't build everything that e-commerce needs within any sort of a reasonable period of time. <laughs> uh, well, I just did it, you know? And then you realize... So sometimes there's these leaps where you realize like, oh, wow, you can sort of reimagine what an e-commerce platform needs to be given the current state of all the tools and building in sort of nat- but building them in sort of natively. And then you go like, oh, wow, okay, I guess. You know, so there's these different approaches. There's iteration and there's like starting something fresh on kind of a new tool set. But that's, that's, that's how like... That, that's the interesting thing about the way that the, the world has played out is that the platforms kept building on feature and functionality. And because it took so long uh, and became so complicated for people to like launch new sites that had all those features. Uh, meanwhile, consumers started shopping on sites that didn't have those features that were the sites that just had speed to market and nothing else. Right. And they had small product sets, right? Casper had one SKU. They don't need search, right? So they launch quickly. They have the, they're able to change the site over all the time to keep it new and fresh. And it feels like the magazine you get in the, in the mail every month, like it's constantly being refreshed because they don't have all that baggage of all the like, how am I going to make my wish list work? How am I going to make my saved parts work? How am I going to make the gift registry work? None of those right. things matter for those smaller brands. And, and they probably have great tooling that makes it really easy for their content team and their marketing team to 100%. roll stuff out super quickly, right? And that's the that's sort of the like the other edge to the sword, which is all that feature and functionality that made platforms popular and monoliths the de facto standard is the thing that actually has caused them to lose prominence. Yeah, because for all of their capability, um, now it's very hard for them to modernize the tool set. It took Magento three plus years to adopt Page Builder, and Page Builder is a boon. And it's amazing. Right. And I hear from people all the time. Uh, actually, we'll have next week on Future Commerce Podcast, we'll have Ian Leslie, who's the CMO of Industry West, uh, which is a company that is a direct-to-consumer furniture company that uses Magento 2. He'll tell you that Magento Page Builder is amazing. And he loves it. And it's changed everything for his business. Nice. Um, and he's running multiple direct-to-consumer brands on Magento. So I think there's a place for... You know, having those tools will extend the life of monoliths, but it takes monoliths a tremendous amount of time to implement them. Whereas something like Webflow, you know, uh, which is not beholden to any pattern for e-commerce uh, and can just start over from scratch, uh, can iterate a little more quickly right. with a toolkit that allows you know entrepreneurs to get in front of audiences quicker. All right, we Very beat that cool dead horse. stuff, man. Yeah, we beat that horse a couple good times. Um, yeah, well, I think we're at our time here. So, uh, good stuff. <laughs> Let's get a commerce hero thing in there. 
Okay, real quick. Uh, you know, I just want to read this real quick. Somebody sent me this email over the New Year's and it just made me super happy. And it was, they said, I just want to say a big thank you. Thank you for Karma's Hero and your proactiveness. It was a fascinating year. I became a member of the Dream Team, which was a job they got through Karma's Hero. And our life moved to a new level. Remote work is the best. Now I have much more time to spend with my family and do the things that I love. So that's like oh wow, that's yeah, amazing. That that made Dude. <laughs> yeah, that made me really happy to see that. And like I'm such a huge fan of remote work. I'm also a huge fan of work-life balance and stuff like that. Although when China takes over, everything's gonna change. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that was cool to see. And uh, anyways, I, I hope I wish a happy new year to um, everybody out there. And I hope that um, you know we're all moving towards sort of more and more satisfying work and, and uh, work that, like you said, allows us to do things we love, allows us to live sort of a full life and a whole life. And whether that's the flexibility of working remote or whether it's just having a good schedule, um, I, I wish that for, uh, for, for everybody. <laughs> this, this ended up turning into like a like a Christmas card. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. And a happy new year. <laughs> yeah. So um, anyways, um, that is all I got for you on the comments here front. Thanks everybody for tuning in and bearing with us. Uh, we're a little rusty. It's been um, six weeks or so. But, That's okay. Uh, we're back. Thanks for this sticking with us. Next uh, week, same uh, bat time, same bat channel, something like that. <laughs> Same place. Give us a five-star review and a thumbs up and a like and a subscribe. And uh, have a great week. Peace. Peace is in the middle east. <laughs>